Although I'm a doctor by profession, I'm not your doctor. All content and information on this podcast and on our website is for informational and educational purposes and does not constitute medical advice and does not establish any kind of patient-client relationship by use of our site. Although we strive to present accurate information, the podcast and website are not a substitute for your healthcare provider. Always consult a healthcare professional who knows your particular needs and circumstances before making any healthcare decisions. Also, there are curse words that are unedited and graphic descriptions of bodies, bodily fluids, and other real-life scenarios that might make some listeners uncomfortable. Yeah, I said it. I'm Dr. Suzanne Ciotti. And I'm Becca Hammer. Welcome to the Perry Meta Podcast. So today, Suzanne, instead of talking about a symptom of perimenopause, we are going to continue our little mini-series on treatment options. Because there are so many options out there, if you'll recall, we decided to break them down into standard prescription options, which we've done, and I'm sure you've listened to. We did compounding options. We did herbal and over-the-counter last week. And then finally, we are at our quote alternative, and there's nothing alternative about it, therapies. That's right. It's the acupuncture episode. Yay. <laughs> Personally, oh, first of all, we are so happy to do this. We, I think we talk about acupuncture in every single episode we do. And uh, we get to the point where we're joking that like we uh, need to pay each other five bucks every time we say or acupuncture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so personally, I am relatively new to acupuncture. I came to acupuncture through a friend because I had been struggling with lower back pain. Man, I had tried every conventional therapy under the sun and nothing was working. I had no idea how little pins in my toes, earlobes, and hands were going to help my back. But man, I was desperate. And you know what? It worked. Mm-hmm. It was a process to keep things in check, but my relief was immediate and I instantaneously became a believer in the power of acupuncture. Suzanne, right. tell us about your acupuncture journey. Let's hear about how you got into it. Yeah, you bet. I got into it extremely sideways. So um, I had spent my medical uh, education trying to learn some alternative therapies. I learned homeopathy. I learned a little bit about functional medicine. Uh, and I had not actually embarked on any education about acupuncture. I thought mm, that's kind of a, that's a whole different system, a whole different paradigm. It's Chinese medicine. There's no place for that in my, my medical world because I went through training about 35 years ago. Uh, and now I think it's a lot more common. But for me, I had uh, a friend who was a naturopath who did acupuncture and homeopathy. And he was living in Durango, Colorado. This is about six years into my my time as a physician, so pri- in private practice. And uh, he was saying, oh, I do acupuncture all the time. I'd love to give you a treatment. Uh, Is there anything that you might want to uh, explore? And I said, you know, I'm really healthy. I exercise. I have a good diet. You know, I'm really not having any issues. I'm not really sure there's anything you could treat me for. 
Uh, and he said, well, are you sure? And I said, well, I mean, I do have migraines, but I've had them ever since I was say, 14 years old. Uh, I don't know if that's really something you could help me with. I've had them for 20 years. And he says, you know, that's perfect. How about you just come in for a treatment? So I came to his office kind of skeptical. Kicking and screaming. Kicking, no, I'm little <laughs> kicking and screaming. It's just taking time out of my busy schedule. And, uh, <laughs> and he did some auricular acupuncture. And auricular, yeah, auricular acupuncture means on the ear. He took, spent a long time taking my case as well. So he, because he did homeopathy, he, you know, they kind of go into in depth of other things. And, uh, and then he did some point finding on my ear. And then he actually gave me some tacks and told me that they would fall out in a couple of days. And uh, after a couple annoying days with tacks in my ears, I found that I didn't have a migraine for two years. No migraines <laughs> after having migraines for years and years, uh, especially around my periods. And I thought, oh my God, this is weird. This is some kind of miraculous thing that I need to learn more about. So because I'm a physician, we have to redo a lot of continuing medical education on an annual basis. And I thought, you know what, I'll use some of my CME time and money to do some training in acupuncture. So I went to San Francisco with the Academy of Pain Management and did a, a whole year course basically with two 10-day practicums where we just put needles in each other and uh, learn about um, like body acupuncture, the ear acupuncture, and scalp acupuncture. And it was very useful, uh, very, very good to know about. And it's been very helpful for my patients. So that's my journey. And even the paradigm that I learned about Chinese medicine and how to look at the body was really helpful as a physician because we don't really put have very many kind of systems for looking at the body as a whole necessarily. We kind of break it up into individual, this is the circulatory system, this is the nervous system. And we even have specialists who kind of just focus on those one Things. So this this oh, system yeah. actually helped me put the whole body kind of together. Like maybe this system is feeding this system. And I, I hear you saying is that uh, for me, uh, my back pain was relieved, and so I'm going to come back for another appointment. Your migraines went away, and you went whole hog and decided <laughs> yeah. to start studying it. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm like this is magic. Yeah, and then you know, and and you realize it's a system that's been around thousands and thousands of years, and uh, you know has helped you know just tons and tons of patients, and and in some systems like in Europe, they actually do some rotations in kind of more alternative medicines like homeopathy uh, and acupuncture. So so it's something that we kind of have compartmentalized as not as helpful in Western medicine. So it's, but I do think that it can, it definitely has its place. Definitely. Well, I'm, now that you understand why Suzanne and I are such unbelievable proponents of acupuncture, it is absolutely my pleasure to introduce our special guest today. I would like you all to meet Stephanie Ann. Stephanie is a seasoned, licensed, and board-certified practitioner of Asian medicine. 
Her expertise spans acupuncture, herbal medicines, nutrition, body work, and lifestyle medicine. Stephanie is not only a skilled practitioner, but also an energy healer and life health coach who harnesses the power of the five elements, which we're going to talk about in a second, of East Asian medicine to empower her patients and clients in achieving this optimal health naturally. So regardless of their health condition, she enables them to live their best lives through creating health practice that not only creates a physical health, but personal awakening. And we're going to talk about that whole body thing in just a second, too. In these challenging times, cultivating a meaningful health practice is it's so important for humanity and the planet we call home. Stephanie helps women embrace health challenges as an opportunity for holistic healing, encompassing mind, body, emotions, and spirit. So Stephanie, oh my gosh, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And and so we are going to come to this conversation, Stephanie, if it's all right with you, with people who maybe have never tried acupuncture before, or they've heard about it, but it's just, it's really kind of far afield for them. Because we kind of figure that if you are into acupuncture, like Suzanne and I are, you're into acupuncture, you get it. So we're gonna really talk about this from the perspective of the uninitiated. For those people, can you talk about, a little bit about how does acupuncture work? And how should, for the sake of the converse, this conversation, how should we think about the body when we're thinking about acupuncture? Well, that, that is a loaded question. <laughs> right. What is the universe? Go. That, that is a big one. Um, but, you know, uh, to some of Suzanne's points, you know, it, it really is, um, acupuncture is kind of un- a unification of body, mind, and spirit. Um, Chinese medicine, which acupuncture is a part of, doesn't see a separation in that. So, you know, kind of to back up a little bit outside of what acupuncture actually is with a needle, we kind of have to back up into more of the philosophy of Chinese medicine and East Asian medicine and how it it differs, but yet is the same from Western modern medicine. Yeah, so, say more. I, I think fundamentally we kind of have to bring in, in the words that people kind of always have a question mark to, like, we're going to talk about chi, you know, and energy. <laughs> and what does that mean? And the, the philosophies of yin and yang, I think most people, you know, on the planet know what the yin yang symbol looks like. Oh, yeah. What it really truly means might need a little more explanation. But, you know, it's foundational to Chinese medicine. So, you know, we, we also have the five elements, which you mentioned earlier, which is a deep love of mine in which I kind of practice exclusively with with acupuncture, um, all of these kind of concepts have to be laid out. And I think that's one of the challenges why acupuncture is kind of this esoteric, weird, you know, they're like, I've heard of acupuncture, but they talk about meridians and (laughs) sticking needles and points and things. And so, you know, one of my goals is to kind of demystify that a little bit um, and integrate Western science anatomy with concepts of Chinese medicine, because we always have to back up and do an education on that. So as we're having this conversation, one of the things that we, we have to talk about is yin and yang and chi and energy. Um, and, and I like to say, you know, from an integrative standpoint, it's more like we're looking at biochemistry mm-hmm. in modern medicine to the, for the most part. And Chinese medicine is looking at bioenergetics. They both have a similar map, but maybe the terrain is a little bit different. 
Okay. So with acupuncture, you know, it's one of many tools in Chinese medicine. So we need to remember that acupuncture is not a standalone concept. It's part of a, an entire medical paradigm, like Suzanne was saying, it's thousands of years old. So we have to look at acupuncture as a tool in a technique, right, within the greater scope of a, of a medicine. That brings in herbal medicine. It brings in things like cupping, which Michael Phelps in the Olympics made. He made it popular, made it right? Popular. It looked like you had big hickeys all over you. Yeah, Perfect. yeah. Uh-huh. and then there's, you know, there's moxa, which, you know, it, it's an herb that is burned um, on, a, on an acupuncture point if we're not going to use needles. But there's lots of different modalities that we can use uh, within Chinese medicine. You know, acupuncture is probably one of the, the best-known ones. And for good reason, because people hear about needles and they freak out. Yeah, right. <laughs> We're going to talk about that in a second. So, so when I think about, so again, most of the listeners are probably super familiar with Western medicine. So compare a little bit about how Western medicine thinks about the body and sickness or problems compared to how Chinese medicine thinks about the body and the, the issues that they're going through. Because I think that would be a really helpful way to start to position our conversation. Great, great question. And, you know, one of the analogies that I like to use is that, you know, Chinese medicine sees the body as an ecosystem. And Suzanne was kind of mentioning how you know, things get connected together that might seem like they don't go together. And so I think of it as a garden, like we need to have the right sunlight, we need to have the right soil, you know, the mixture of soil and water and all the things for this plant to grow. And so it's more contextual. It's in context to whatever's happening within that garden. As opposed to Western medicine, which was kind of the analogy that we're looking at things in a little bit more of a static way, in a uh, a linear way, you know, we have a a cause-effect kind of thing. It's it's more like... um, a machine. If we do this, we're going to get this response. Right, right. Which is, I mean, and, and both are valid in their own points. And, and what I love is that they're really great together. It's kind yeah. of the yin and yang of both sides. But yeah, so it's it's really seeing the body as more of, of a context. And what's important about that is understanding your story. And so, you know, you coming in with your symptom is important, but it's more important to focus on who you are and what your story is that brings you to that place of having that symptom. Okay, so I'm going to come in with a symptom and you're going to be like, let's talk more, right? right? Because no, if I if I remember my experience and what hopefully you would be, what anybody else going into this for the first time would be is, I'm going to walk in and talk about, I've got this one thing. And Western medicine would say, let's treat the one thing. Whereas opposed to visiting with acupuncture such as yourself, you're going to say, let's go deeper into that. And you're going to talk, you want to see, you want to do the pullback on the 10,000 foot version of me to think about me holistically um, before you're going to go and treat one symptom. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, you know, again, to Suzanne's point about um, migraines, if, if we have, if I have five people come into my clinic with migraines, they're each going to have what we call a different pattern. We're, we're looking at patterns within uh, the human person, so to speak. You know, we're looking at what might be out of balance. And that's why the five elements is such a great tool to be able to look at connecting everything together and in an individualized way. So we're really able to kind of customize, you know, the acupuncture treatment and the herbal medicine, if we have to go there, uh, to that pattern that that person is expressing. 
Yeah, so talk about that. So we mentioned five elements in the introduction. You just mentioned it again. I know it's like, explain the universe, but um, <laughs> talk, a little, talk a little bit about the five elements and if, if, if possible, like what are they and why are they important or what does that really mean? Well, you know, that that is a subject I think that people have um, pondered on for thousands of years <laughs> and will continue to do so for another thousand years. <laughs> but in a nutshell, the five elements is really about us through time and space. Okay, so when we talk about the five elements, we're not necessarily talking about metal. I mean, like a metal thing. We're talking about the quality of metal. We're okay. talking about it in the context of what are some other things that look like metal. So what, we, what we're doing with this five element, we're looking at how we are at the present moment in time and space. And then we can look at each of the correspondences of those elements and say, okay, well, you know what? The metal element's really off. You know, we've, we've really got to do some work on the lungs. Or kind of back to the example of cough, yeah, we might go right to the lungs for the cough, but guess what? We might go to your stomach and spleen because we might need to go somewhere else in the body to correct the, you know, the, the dysfunction of whatever you're coming in for. So it's never, you know, it's never one of those kind of um, cookie cutter kind of things where it's like, oh, you have a cough? I'm going to do this right. <laughs> because, you know, there's 96 formulas, herbal formulas for cough. Oh, my. So, you know, you can see the pattern is very important. And so what are the five elements? Name the five the elements. The five elements are fire, earth, metal, water, and wood. And what's important about this, again, I, I always like to say element is kind of a, a, a misnomer in the the description of it, it's more like the five movements or the five phases, okay? Because in, in Western thinking, we like to attach that to something. Yes. It's, and, it, and it's more about movement. But these movements then have a generating cycle with each other. So I just went, I just listed them off mm -hmm. in the, the generating cycle. Okay. Then there is another one that's even better for, for medicine. It's called the controlling cycle because this is where we tend to see pathology. This is when we tend to see dysfunction and disharmony. And so if we think about it in nature, and it's always better to do it with visual, but I'll, I'll just describe it. So metal chops wood. Yep. Wood controls earth, meaning that the roots keep the soil from getting too hard and, and compacted. Mm -hmm. Earth controls water. It creates a container for water. Water puts out fire. That's an obvious one. Or fire then melts metal. metal. Okay. Oh, gosh. So we're back to the, the, the circle. Yeah. But when we start looking at the generating and control cycle, we can then really kind of put together patterns. You know, and 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 it's funny. I sit here and describe these things, and it sounds very simple. <laughs> but people are like, I'm like, are you breathing? And they're like, probably not. Do you know, I'm just breathing up here. So, you know, it's it's it Chinese medicine is one of those um things that is so simple, but it's so profound. You know, the five elements can really take us on a map. And I think that's one thing. And I think you have experienced yeah. this, you know, we, I map you out in my office. Right. And so each of the elements is associated with different organs, yes. right? And so, and, and each of us is made up of all the of all the elements. Is that Correct. right? I mean, we all have organs, right? So yes. we're, we're all, but some may present stronger or more forcefully than others. Yes. Right. Okay. Each of us is made up of all the elements and and really looking again at all of the elements and all of my body really helps you as a practitioner 
think about where I'm going and or why are you here today? <laughs> yes, absolutely. And you know, it's funny because people will come in and there's tons of stuff online, you know, like what element are you? And people come in and say, I'm metal. And I'm like, well, you, you are metal, but you're all the other, the other ones, ones too, <laughs> you know, and it's really just trying to figure out on the level of body, mental, emotional, and spiritual, what is happening with all those elements? Because there's different manifestations happening. So somebody might come in, for example, like you had back pain, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people come in with back pain. Well, there's sometimes an emotional component to that. There might be trauma. I mean, you might've fallen down or hurt your back lifting something, but you know, it's always looking at every single level to say what is happening and what element is involved with that. So it's not quite as simple as it. I'd like to think of it like um, Western philosophy is this or that it's yeah, yeah. right or wrong, right? It's this or that. And then, you know, Eastern philosophy is relative. So it's this and that, and it's a real, it's a real difficult thing, you know, especially when I was in school, you know, to, to, to shift thinking in that because I wanted my absolute mind to say, well, this is right and wrong yeah. or wrong, you know, and the teacher would say, this is, we can do it this way and do it that way. And you're like, well, wait a minute, you're contradicting everything. <laughs> so it's a really different way of looking at your yourself. And Suzanne, you said that you've had some experience with patients who have gone, uh, who have been into acupuncture and then come and uh, not understanding the whole you want to tell right. us about something? Well, and I was going, I would, yes, I was definitely waiting for the opportunity to talk about that, the, the organ systems in Chinese medicine, uh, as they pertain to meridians, are different than your organ systems in your body. So one is actually uh, kind of more having to do with the channels, and the other one has to do with the actual organ. And sometimes I'll have patients come in and they'll want me to run blood tests because their acupuncturist has said, well, you know, you have this congestion in your gallbladder, uh, so we're going to do these acupuncture, this acupuncture treatment. And then they'll come to me and say, well, you know, my acupuncturist says that my, there's an issue with my gallbladder, so I think I need to have my <laughs> gallbladder checked by doing some labs and maybe an ultrasound. <laughs> but they're really not the exact same things. <laughs> yeah. So totally. just be careful of that, that you, you'll be, you might be getting some unnecessary testing done if you're demanding them from your, your Western medicine doc who doesn't really know acupuncture or that kind of uh, Chinese medicine theory. And um, so they, they, you know, they're going to be at a loss of how to convince you not to do it. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. And you bring up a good point. You know, um, any acupuncturist worth their salt will be able to um, educate a patient on what, when you're talking about the, like, for example, if you're talking about the kidneys or the gallbladder, um, explaining that it's a broader network of things that are going on with that organ, because it can be channel based. Um, it it can be a whole lot of other things. It can be mental, emotional, mm -hmm. it could be spiritual. So mm -hmm. it's, it's really um, important, you know, when people are talking with acupuncturists and I, and ho I hope that acupuncturists are educating them on those kinds of things. I know when you get into clinics, sometimes it's, you, you're just treating and you're talking and then you're like, Oh my God, did I actually explain myself? <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, it's a really huge point. And I think that um, at least for me, as an acupuncturist, and, and um, I, I love this medicine so much, and part of what I want to do, and I think my purpose on this planet, is to help bring this to people and educate them 
in a way that it's not some weird witchy, you know, <laughs> woo woo kind of thing. You exactly. Know, it, it's 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 very practical and esoteric at the same time. Yes, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, and, and it's funny because you're for anybody who's considering this, please consider going into it with open mind. Because I'm not going to lie, when you started going on about gallbladder, like on my first visit here. All I could think of was, oh, my God, my husband had his gallbladder removed. Does mm-hmm. that mean he's now deficient? Right. right? And not yeah. even understanding totally. that it wasn't the physical freaking gallbladder. So, right. yeah. So go into it thinking big, right? And thinking uh, not kind of don't leave everything you knew about Western medicine behind, but be open towards thinking differently about it. Well, but, well, Stephanie, let's talk. We've been talking about how acupuncture can help alleviate some of the symptoms of perimenopause. Every we Suzanne and I's... Uh, If you haven't heard, we do episode on one symptom, treatments, thoughts, and and acupuncture comes in every time. So describe to me how how does Chinese medicine view the body and what's happening during perimenopause? That's a great question again. (laughs) Um, And, you know, if we go back to the idea of yin and yang, okay, um, and maybe to expound on this just a little bit, simply like yin is female. Okay, mm-hmm. we can look at yin as female, we can look at yang as male. We can look at yin as substance, we can look at yang as energy. So it's kind of these opposing factors, but they're interrelated to one another. When a woman starts to go through uh, the change, <laughs> um, you know, and just to back up a little bit, Chinese medicine sees women aging in seven-year increments. So in a lot of the Chinese medical texts, they will say at the 49th year is when women will start to decline in yin is what they called it back then because they didn't know what estrogen was 2,000 years ago. um, You know, they will decline in yin and their hair will gray, you know, all all the fun things. Your vagina will dry out. Your skin will, you know, look like leather. So, you know, all those fun things which I'm experiencing at this moment. So, um, but we, we have to go back to yin and yang with this for women. Okay, so what is happening in the body is not seen as a pathological state. We, when we are diagnosing um, perimenopause and menopause, this is a natural progression. And what we are trying to do is balance mm. the body so that as as the estrogen levels are, are decreasing, we're keeping everything else relative to that, testosterone, progesterone, all the things relatively balanced to minimize any kind of side effect that you might be feeling, like sweating, <laughs> not sleeping, you know, dry, dry <laughs> vagina, sex doesn't fit, isn't great anymore. So all, all, all of those things, we're just trying to balance that out. So, so it's not about fixing no. or repairing or returning to your 20-year-old, your 21-year-old self, we're doing seven-year increments, your 21-year-old self. It's about how to take where you are and balance the rest of your person correct with that i kind of love that yeah i'm not broken no you're not and it's not a deficiency it's not a it's not a you're not deficient in estrogen you are just balancing out you're trying to balance out the scales so to speak you know visualize little a little scale you're just trying to balance that out as things are trying to regulate themselves again so it's really truly not about a deficiency of something right (laughs) you know it's really just getting getting yourself back into balance. And so if I'm having uh, hot flashes or if I'm having brain fogginess or any of the other 35 recognized symptoms, so the idea is is that you could bring your symptoms to your acupuncturist who can, again, looking at the whole person, understanding not only what you're going through with perimenopause uh, and all the hormone changes, but what else is happening in your life? Because as Suzanne and I have mentioned eight gazillion times, at this point in your life, 
you are running on maximum, right? You've mm -hmm. probably got a family. You might be in a sandwich generation situation where you're taking care of an older parent and you might have children and you're probably at the peak of your career because you've been working your ass off your whole life. Right. And your acupuncturist is going to start looking at this holistic thing and saying, yeah, well, we're, we'll start with the five elements. How about that? Yeah. You know, we, we when we look at the longevity, when we look at longevity medicine and Chinese medicine, we're looking at the kidney, the kidney network, okay? The kidney network is our storehouse of energy. It's where our sex hormones reside. So this is, you know, obviously with perimenopause, this is going to be the first one that everybody's going to start like, ah, you know, <laughs> I, I'm not sleeping. You know, this is, the kidney is also a part of the water element. So if we're looking at this in big context, this is about rest, this is about sleep, this is about sex, this is about making babies. Mm -hmm. um, and so when, when, we're, when the kidney element starts to get imbalanced, the rest of them are gonna all have problems. And so we, don't, we want to protect our kidney energy as much as possible. And so most women, most I will say, there's always outliers, always. Um, will have what we call a deficiency of yin. Okay, when we have a deficiency of yin, yin is like this, we can think of it like blood, we can think of it like um, a cooling substance, it brings, it's, it's dark, it's cooling, and that's what estrogen is in the body. So when we start to not have that, we're going to start getting hot. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah, and so we have to balance out what we call the yin and the yang, right? Because we have too much yang energy if we don't have enough yin. But again, I throw in the relative term to that, it's relative. It doesn't mean one's deficient. It just means relative to the other one, we got to bring it, we got to either bring one down or bring one up. So really with acupuncture, what we're looking at is we are, we are taking the energetic system of the body along with the biochemical structure because we're affecting that whole thing and rebalancing it so that if you, you know, come in and you can't sleep at night because you're sweating and having to change your clothes every hour, then I will work on settling the energy so that you do not have that sweating. One of the points of Western medicine, there's several things in Chinese medicine that have been studied. Menopause is one of the, it's been studied quite a bit. Menopause has been studied? Yes, oh quite a bit, gosh. you know, and, and in China, it's it's a little bit more more focused and I think they probably talk about it a little bit more, but I think... In the United States, we're starting to see a little bit more of that. And I think larger entities, medical entities, are starting to acknowledge the efficaciousness of, you know, some things with perimenopause, like the sweating. Yeah. So it's starting to be recognized as a, an evidence-based um, option for women. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God. And it, I do see wonderful results in, in the office. And I will say, you know, just as a practitioner myself who is going through perimenopause, I don't say to myself, I'm going to get rid of these symptoms. I'm going to minimize them so that I can get through it. Yes. And, and I think that's a really big thing to think about because oftentimes um, symptoms are a messenger. And the symptoms for me of sweating at night or, um, you know, my dry skin, et cetera, et cetera, is me saying, what do I need to shift? In my life because I've noticed over the, la the last year I haven't had my period since last December so you know you're so close three more you're months so close. I know I'm so excited <laughs> but you know I go through these cycles of you know where I'm fine I'm not sweating yeah. I'm not I don't feel crazy I'm you know I'm like this is great and then bams you know I'm like 
I am a little irritable, um, I'm not sleeping, I'm having to change my clothes. And so it's always a message to me of what do I need to adjust? And usually I'm pushing too hard. Mm-hmm. Yep. And this kind of goes to your point that you made, you know, we're at a point in our lives when this is happening, we have accomplished a lot. A lot. And we are still doing a lot. And so, but we don't have the same energy we had 20 years ago. So, you know, it's one of those things that's really great to just kind of regroup, look at the lifestyle piece of it and go, okay, what do I need to shift? Do I need to go to bed earlier? Do I need to get more sleep? Do I need more me time? You know, did I go off on my diet? You know, because I've noticed like if I eat red meat now, it's over. It, it, I'll sweat all night. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's those things where it seems simple again, mm-hmm. but it's not. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's really kind of just taking your, your life in context of where you are and what is happening in your body and balancing that back out. And, you know, it, it's not going to be one of those things, like I said, we're just going to get rid of it. Right. Right. Because it is, you will go through this. This is, this is not, this is not a, I want to circumvent this or I, I'm not going to experience it. You will. It's how are you going to manage it? Which is like what Suzanne and I talk about. Suzanne, I've been talking a lot. Do you have any? Oh, I just, yeah. I just wanted to say um, that it's also important to remember that the hardest part of uh, kind of perimenopause is short lived. Uh, sometimes, you know, with pre-menopause, we're going through lots of changes with periods, sometimes even night sweats then. There's a lot of shifting hormones. But then that time of withdrawal, completely withdrawal from uh, estrogen, you know, it's it's a little bit shorter lived, like maybe one year for some women, maybe six months for some women, maybe two years. Uh, so there's a finite amount of time that you have to be particularly uh, kind and gentle uh, to yourself and, and maybe need to cut down. So I know for those women who have really like stressful jobs where they're working a lot, don't think that you need to quit your job and now go into doing something like just only gardening or, or retire, because it might be, uh, that just, you just need to give yourself some grace. Like we've talked about before, just during this time of the transition and seek your team of, of people to help like an acupuncturist or a physician and and just uh, know that it will be finite then the change will occur and your body will will equal it will equilibrate again because you'll just get your body will get used to whatever you've chosen maybe that's lower amounts of hormones with po- being in postmenopause uh, or maybe that's a kind of a supplement with a kind of a and estrogen, uh, maybe that's with stepping back just a little bit from uh, lots and lots of commitments and saying no because that's okay. I know that we're we're, <gasps> we're raised to be caregivers, women in society. So, so just Dang, remember it okay. short term. Yeah, yeah, really. and you know that's <laughs> such a great point, Suzanne, because um, one thing that's near and dear to my heart with Chinese medicine and acupuncture is that we get to what I call this mental emotional plane. Um, Chinese medicine sees emotions very differently than modern medicine or modern psychotherapy in the sense that, you know, it's energy in motion. Um, And a lot of times, you know, we don't have to go quit our jobs. I mean, it's unrealistic for us to go think we're going to go sit on a mountaintop and, you know, meditate all day to manage our stress. (laughs) But it's really about finding the ability to have the resources within yourself and, Mm -hmm. and being able to build those resources back up so that you can handle 
the stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and and the daily, you know, things that come at you through work, home, you know, uh, personal growth, all of those things. And, you know, Chinese medicine sees uh, the emotions as uh, a cause of disease. They, they, in the medical text, they talk about, you know, emotions are the cause of internal disorders. Mm-hmm. And so it's important. And I think people who have had acupuncture for any length of time will understand this. And for the uninitiated that we are talking, you know, to, you will find after time that you will be able to handle yourself without getting your nervous system all up in a bunch, you know, and, and it helps to relieve the tension of modern living. There's nothing that we can do about the modern world that we live in. We have, we live within it and we have to abide by what is happening. But what we can do is take our internal systems down a notch. And, you know, that's, you know, talking about rest and digest versus fight or flight, Mm -hmm. which most of us spend our time in. And so it's really a lot of my work kind of falls between the physical body and kind of a a spiritual plane in working in the mental, emotional aspect of what's going on in somebody's life, Mm -hmm. because then we can kind of help build up the resources and help manage the situation. I always tell people I can I can't help you take away what's going on in your life, (laughs) but I can help you build up your resources so that you can handle it with more grace, like you said, Suzanne. Mm -hmm. Right. Now that we've laid the groundwork for understanding acupuncture at its at, at some of its basics, we'd like to finish our episode today and we are going to pick up this conversation next week where we talk about what you should expect in your first acupuncture treatment. How do you look for a provider? How do you know what's supposed to happen? Um, and all those things that if we've piqued your interest talking about acupuncture that you can look forward to as you continue on uh, your perimenopause journey, as you continue to try to manage your symptoms and how acupuncture may fit into that. So join us next week on the Perimenopause Podcast as we continue our conversation about acupuncture. Questions, comments, thoughts for another episode, please feel free to send us an email at the Perry Menno Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs>